Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. We're going to continue our series this weekend entitled Resilient. And the last two weeks we covered the spiritual pillar. And this week we're going to kick off two weeks on the physical pillar. And we're going to do this with every pillar, the six major areas of your life. We're going to start the two-week run with an assessment. So you should have received one of these. If you didn't, you can put your hand up. If uh, you'd like to take it online, you can take a picture of the QR code on the, the paper you received or on the screen. And if you're asking me which I'd rather you do, I'd rather you fill it out online. And here's why. And if you do it old school, that's fine. Take a picture of it and then give it to somebody on the staff afterwards. Here's why. Scripture says, know the condition of your flock. We take that seriously. How can we help our church prepare for the journey ahead if we don't know where we are? That's why we really want people to take this online or to give it to us so we can input it so we can know where our church is at. All right? So we're going to take this together And I'm going to go through them one by one, all right? So get a pen out or get your phone out. We're going to do this together. Question number one. I have thought deeply about my health and fitness, and I know exactly what I want in this area of my life. If you find yourself wrestling between two answers, take the lower of the two scores. Because when I wrestle, it's my way of trying to convince myself things are better than they actually are. All right? So just take the lower score. Question number two. I have a consistently high energy level. Is that always true? Usually true? Somewhat true? I have a consistently high energy level. Question number three. I average seven to eight hours of sleep per night every week. We're going to talk about this next week, but any more than that or any less than that, both are bad. I think sometimes we think 12 hours a night of sleep is a great thing. No, it's called being in college. (laughs) No shots at the college kids, I'm just saying. I average seven to eight hours per sleep. per night of sleep every week. Question number four. My body is healthy and where it needs to be, considering my current physical abilities or limitations. Question number five. I spend time researching how to take care of my body. Hashtag YouTube. I spend time researching how to take care of my body. Number six, I live in the desert. I drink enough water daily. My oldest son learned this the first week we lived here soccer practice in the middle of July when he passed out with a red face because he didn't bring a Gatorade. I drink enough water daily. Number seven, I have clearly defined, have a clearly defined exercise program and I stick to it diligently. I have a clearly defined exercise program and I stick to it diligently. Number eight, when staring at a brownie and bluebell homemade vanilla ice cream, I feel in control of what I put in my mouth. I feel in control of what I put in my mouth. Number nine, I see physical activity as a part of my relationship with the Lord. I see physical activity as a part of my relationship with the Lord. And lastly, number 10. 
My body is a weapon and fit for what I feel called to. And that's actually what we're going to spend our time talking about today. All right, once you're done with the assessment, go ahead and look at the scoring system down at the bottom right here, kind of tabulate those. Then you'll come up with a score on the back of this sheet or online, you'll see the scale. It'll kind of give you an idea where you are. Now, remember why we're doing this. Because it's a healthy thing to have thoughts like this. If I were my enemy, what would be the easiest way to take me out? That's what assessment does. It helps me see where I'm healthy, unhealthy, and really there's a third component. It helps me see where my blind spots are. Because if I think I'm healthy, but the assessment tells me I'm unhealthy, newsflash, it means this is a blind spot for me, right? And if it's a blind spot, I'm not motivated or, or don't even know I need to do anything about it. So this is why I, I really want you to take the assessment time seriously when we do this as a church. And you may say, I've never seen a church do this before. Who told you that success in the church simply means copying what everyone has always done before? I get it. Probably not many churches have taken time in a service to do personal assessment in every area of life. Welcome to Gateway Church. Here's why we're doing this. Because I and we feel so strongly about the call of God on your life and the energy you're going to need in this next lap that we're going to do the hard things and, and maybe even have a hard conversation for some of us. And let me just, right at the beginning, let me just kind of say, after the title of this message, if you're taking notes, write this down. The title of the message is Theology of the Body. Theology of the body. Next week, we're going to talk about the how to steward the body. But this week, we're going to talk about the why. And we're going to lay a theological foundation for stewarding your human body. But, but let's make sure we're on the same page at the very beginning. Of all the six pillars, the physical pillar is the only one you can't hide. You can be healthy in all of the other five areas of your life and fool everybody. But you can't in the physical. For instance, I could be in personal debt up to my ears, but you would never know it. Relationally, my marriage could be horrific behind closed doors. But as long as I take a few occasional Instagram photos with smiles on our face holding hands, you think we're healthy. Emotionally, I could be an unholy terror behind that stage and in my home. But as long as I make the right comment at the right time when you see me, have a smile on my face, you never know I was unhealthy emotionally. But physically, it's the only pillar we can't hide when we're unhealthy. And because of that, let me just establish some ground rules. Because if, if you just so happen to be in a season of life where you're not doing as well physically as you have in seasons past, no big deal. Definitely don't feel any shame. Just because someone in your row might be thinking, oh, they think I'm out of shape. Uh, we're going to get to another pillar. When we get to the financial, they might be able to hide it, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit will be on them hardcore during that message, so don't worry about it. And let me say, if you so happen to be someone who is more prone to judgment and you're doing well in the physical area of your life in this season, but you find yourself judging someone who doesn't seem to be doing as well physically as you, let me help you understand. You're not doing well emotionally. Holla at your boy. Hey, here's my point. We're a family. And in a healthy family, we don't attack anybody we love. We root for one another. We're, we're going to do this together, not in spite of one another. And here's what I'd say. If you're a D physically right now, don't beat yourself up. And don't think that this message over the next two weeks is about you getting to an A. It's not. You know what my goal is? Just to get you to a C. Incidentally, that was my goal in college. C's get degrees, baby. When you get to a C, my goal will be to get you to a B. When you get to a B, even if it takes years to get you to an A. 
This is what disciples do. We're always on the move. We're always endeavoring to grow more healthy, even physically. Something else we need to make sure we're on the same page about. God measures the body by health, not by look. Another way to say it, skinniness in your eyes isn't necessarily healthy in God's eyes. Someone can be skinny, but starve themselves to do it and not get the nutrients they need to make sure they have the energy necessary to do what God's called them to do. Skinny doesn't mean healthy. You're going to see that in this message. First Samuel 16, verse 7, God says to Samuel, people judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Let me give you the other side of the coin, because I think the church has run rampant with excuses about the physical body because of this verse right here. And we, we've almost turned it into a doctrine dogmatically. And here, here's the doctrine we've created. The outside doesn't matter. It's the inside that counts. As parents, some of us say that to our children about finding a spouse. I understand the principle, but I disagree with the phrase. Here's why. You can't find a verse in the Bible that says all that matters in your life is the inside, not the outside. You're going to see that in this message, that the human body is a big deal to God. Because your faith is based on the reality of the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ, your physical body plays an important role in God's plan. Here's another way to say it. Our physical lives are not incidental to the gospel narrative, but critical. So I'm going to give you five things that hopefully will help you go to another level as it relates to stewarding your physical body. Here's the first thing. Point number one. The human body is not a curse. The human body is not a curse. Have you ever heard someone curse their physical genetics before? or complain about it. They say things like this. I'll never have a metabolism like she does. Or I'll never be able to stack on muscle like he does. Okay, he here's what we're saying when we say that. My body is cursed and it will never be able to do that. Which can very easily lend to an excuse that goes like this. Since my body will never be able to do that, I'm not going to even try. I think many in the church actually see the human body like a curse, but you can't show me that in scripture. Jesus had a body, not accidentally or incidentally, but because God loves human bodies. Think about this right now. Jesus at the right hand of the father has a physical body. Well, Preston, hold on just a second, because I remember the passage that says that Jesus, after the physical resurrection, walked through a wall. Only a, a disembodied spirit could walk through a wall. Not true. Here's how you know it wasn't a disembodied spirit, because in Luke 24, Jesus sat down to eat with the disciples and ate fish. Ain't no ghost chewing up pescado. But there's a lot of people in the church that think, oh, well, the, the body is a curse. That's what Gnosticism teaches, that the body is a curse that one day you'll have the privilege of being released from. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4 really helps us understand this conversation. Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. Watch this. We in heaven will not be spirits without bodies. We will not be disembodied spirits. We will have a glorified physical body. Before the resurrection, Jesus had a natural body. After the resurrection, Jesus had and has a physical, 
glorified body. We won't be disembodied spirits. Verse four, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. This is addressing. We don't walk around moaning that our bodies are like some curse. He goes further with verse five. At the end of verse five, he says, rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Your human body is not a curse. While Gnosticism might teach that one day you'll be privileged enough to be liberated from this physical prison, the Bible has much better news for us. The Bible teaches our bodies, which were created good, but became corrupted by sin, will one day be restored and remade. Our bodies are good. Here's the biggest reason why. Because God made them. That brings us to point number two. The human body is a blessing. Human body is a blessing. And the implication here is to be celebrated. Genesis 1:27. So God created human beings in his own image. This is what the celebration is about. When I look at me, I see a little bit of him. This is why I should never hate my body. This is why you should never hate your body. Your fashion in his image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. It's okay to look in the mirror every once in a while and go, mm, looking good. Now, we don't want to go too far and cross the line. I've done that before. Years ago, I found this uh, really awesome camel hair uh, long coat that was like $1,200 and I found it on sale for $100. It was the most amazing coat I've ever owned in my life to this day. It was absolutely phenomenal. And I forget what city we were in, I think maybe New York or something, Holland and I were there together for a wedding and it was cold and, and I, <laughs> we were getting ready. I was dressed, I put the coat on and I was standing in the mirror in the hotel room and I just took, I didn't take one long look, I took several long looks. And I literally said out loud, babe, I look amazing in this thing. And it wasn't just the words that I used. It was what was coming out of my heart. I, it, it went way too far. Well, after the wedding, we, we got back on the plane and, and I, it was so cold. I wore my coat onto the plane, took my coat off, put it next to my bag in the compartment above my seat. Of course, afterwards, I'm landing in a warmer place and I get off of the plane leaving my favorite coat ever on the airplane. Didn't realize it till I got in the car leaving the airport. Tried to track it down, never got it back. And when I got the news, sir, you will never see Jacob's coat of many colors ever again. I felt the Lord just giggle and go, homeboy, I don't ever want to see that mirror exercise ever again. It doesn't mean I can't look every once in a while and go, I see some of you in me and I celebrate it. That's what David did in Psalm 139. I celebrate the fact when I look at my body, whether I'm in the best shape or not, I see some of you. How can my body be a curse when it was made in the image of the creator of all things? Human bodies are not mere vessels for spirits or accidents of fate, but an essential part of what it means to be an image bearer of the Almighty. Now, at the end of the first five days of creation, we see in the, in the creation story that God surveyed everything he created that day, and then he, there was a phrase that he would say, and a thought he would have at the end of surveying what he created that day. Anybody know what it was? It is good, right? It is good. Let me show you on the end of the sixth day what he says, the day where he created man and woman. Verse 31 of Genesis 1, then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. An evening passed, the morning came, making, marking the sixth day. Here's the picture I felt like the Lord gave me as I was studying this this week, he said, Preston, imagine what that could have been like if it was you. 
I get to the end of the sixth day and man and woman are the highlight of my creation that day. And I literally do a 360 degree inspection of them, Preston, from head to toe, all the way around. And when I get all the way around this incredible inspection of this incredible creation called man and woman, I didn't say, that's good. It was the only time I said, "Mm, that is very good, which is exactly what I said when I met my wife for the first time. Your workmanship is marvelous, Lord. How will I know it? That's what David said. God inspects man and woman and says, wow, that is very good. Okay. You giggle and laugh a little bit when I make that compliment of my wife. You know, one of the things I see as a problem in the church today, I see people celebrating their spouse's body, their children's body and health, their grandchildren, and then seeing their own like a curse. At the end of the sixth day, God said, this is very, very good. Christ followers should prioritize physical health because we value God's image displayed in our bodies. It's part of what it means to be an image bearer of the Almighty. Number three, the human body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to establish a theology of the body without addressing what scripture says a believer's body is, the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, Preston, and was given to you by God? A believer's body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? God the Father created our bodies. God the Son redeemed our bodies with his death, burial, and resurrection. God the Spirit indwells our bodies. This is what it means. This is what makes our body the very temple of the Holy Spirit. Think about all the different words God could have used when explaining this to us in Scripture. Instead of temple of the Holy Spirit, God could have said, this is the house of the Holy Spirit. He could have said, this is the shack of the Holy Spirit. He could have said, this is the casita of the Holy Spirit. He said, this is the temple. He conveys the idea that our bodies are the sacred place in which the Holy Spirit not only lives, but is worshiped, revered, and honored. Well, let's talk about how significant this phrase temple of the Holy Spirit is by going back to Solomon's temple, the temple that was established to house the presence of the Lord. Let's have a, let's just walk through a couple of did you knows about Solomon's temple. Did you know that it took 30,000 laborers to build King Solomon's temple? 30,000 people to build that little building. It wasn't gargantuan. It wasn't nearly as big as a Facebook warehouse of servers. It wasn't nearly as big as an Amazon distribution center. Yet 30,000 people it took as laborers to build this building. But that's not all. Did you know it took 70,000 stone carriers to build Solomon's temple? We're to 100,000 laborers for this one building, the temple. But doesn't stop there. Did you know it also took 80,000 stone cutters? We're to 180,000 people to build this temple. Then it took 3,300 foremen to oversee the labor force because it was so big. 183,300 people it took to build this temple. That is not insignificant, but that doesn't even scratch the surface of the significance of the temple. Let's go further. The Bible tells us about the amount of gold and silver in the temple that it took to make the temple what it was. Did you know? 
roughly speaking, that the modern day equivalent monetarily of the gold in the temple in Solomon's day, modern day, the value of the gold in the temple would be $194 billion. Here's why I find that so interesting. This year in 2021, the world's richest man hit a moment where he was worth $188 billion. Here's why that sticks out to me. Can you imagine? The richest man in the world saying, I've made a decision. I'm going to donate every dollar of my wealth to building one building, the temple. Can you imagine what kind of publicity that would get? Can you imagine how many people would Google the phrase, what's the big deal with this temple? If the richest man in the world is going to give all of his wealth, yet when you read 2 Corinthians 5, when you read throughout 1 Corinthians 6, that your body is the temple, that there's something sacred about your body because the presence of God dwells there. Do you, uh, is your breath taken away as much as it would be if the richest man in the world gave up every dollar of his wealth just to put gold in the temple? Scripture says your body is worth even more than that. Silver, $22 billion worth of silver in the temple, over $200 billion. King Solomon had a revelation of just what a big deal the temple was. Here's how you know. The day it was dedicated, what did he do? Everybody was expecting one sacrifice. What did this dude do? 22,000 oxen he gave as a sacrifice. Do you know what that would be like? Let's compare it to a sermon. It would be like you coming, thinking it's going to be a 40-minute sermon, and it goes 420 hours long. You talk about a long-winded preacher. Solomon was a long-winded sacrificer. Making up words. But he didn't stop there. He sacrificed 120,000 sheep. The temple was such a big deal to him that he just kept going in sacrifice. Okay, question. Do we see the temple of the Holy Spirit our body, the same way Solomon saw the temple God asked him to steward. If you're taking notes, I I want you to write this down. And you may need to process this one-liner this week. You may need to spend a little time on it because it's a little bit strong. What we do with and to our bodies either supports or betrays our worship of Jesus. What we do with and to our bodies either supports or betrays our worship of Jesus. Our bodies as believers are sacred because that's where the Spirit dwells in this temple. Number four, the human body is the first garden God gave man to steward. The human body is the first garden, I put that in quotes, God gave man to steward. Genesis chapter two, verses seven and eight. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he placed the man he had made. Two really big words here. It's the word formed. And then the the first word in verse 8, the word then. I don't think Brad is in the service, is he? Yeah, okay, come up here, Brad. Sorry, I couldn't see over there. Okay, I want to illustrate this for you because I, I don't want you to think that just because I'm the person talking about health, that the, the shape of the person is the goal. 
Okay, I want to try and illustrate this for you. Uh, I'm going to use the word shape because it's interchangeable with the word form. God took the dirt of the ground and formed, shaped man. And here's what I would say. Health, as it relates to your physical body, has a range. And on one end of the spectrum, you, you have the, we'll say, leaner version of you. And I believe that there's a line of demarcation that if you go too far past that, you become unhealthy. For instance, Brad, a, a couple months ago... He's not the leaner. <laughs> yeah, Brad, a couple months ago, uh, was on a, a fast and a diet, and he was kind of just seeing what he was capable of, and he dropped a ton of weight. So much weight that people started asking him if he had a deadly disease. People talk to us in the lobby like crazy people. You, you just, you can't imagine. But what they were saying was, Brad, it appears as though you've gone beyond the limit of God's divine shape for you. And so he put on more weight. This is maybe the healthiest I've ever seen him physically the 10 years we've been best friends. In the same way, on the other end of the range, and I'll use me as an example, on this side of the range for your divine shape is the heavier version of you, okay? And I remember one time, probably five, six years ago, someone in the lobby after Thanksgiving came up to me and said, huh, somebody looked like they enjoyed Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> Here's, it's true, isn't it? <laughs> Here's what they were saying, Preston. It appears as though someone has gone beyond the range of the divine shape for your life. Now, I would disagree because I wasn't in that bad of shape. Here's kind of my rule. We're going to talk about this next week. My goal, not my rule. I try and stay no further than two weeks away of where I, from where I need to be. Okay, so I've kind of learned on the spectrum of divine shape for me. Now, here's the deal. My divine shape is different than Brad's. We bump into each other at the gym all the time. When I go to the gym, no one, and I assure you, no one has ever looked in my direction and said, that guy squats 400 pounds. <laughs> Not on these bird legs. <laughs> now, can they get stronger? Yes, definitely. I'm not saying they're cursed. I'm just saying genetically, I, I would have to do something unnatural. When Brad goes to the gym, people definitely look and go, that guy squats four bills for sure. Okay? He's built differently than me. One isn't better than the other. Brad doesn't look at me and say, I want Preston's divine shape. God made us different. What's healthy for me is different for him. What's healthy for him is different than what's healthy for me. But here's the goal, that we would know the healthy range of the divine shape God's given us so that I never get on either extreme. I live in the healthy middle. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. I hope you're understanding this. God gave you a specific shape. And the goal isn't to look like someone else. I don't want to look like Brad. I want to look like God. I was made in God's image, not in Brad's. Brad was made in God's image, not in mine. Young women, let me speak to you for a minute. You might be getting online, looking on Instagram at pictures of what women are saying today is the, the perfect shape. And let me just say, if you have to do something unnatural or ungodly, that's not healthy. Don't get sucked into that. Just because everyone might look at you and say, wow, you are in great shape. If God doesn't say I'm in healthy shape, then I'm not. And God doesn't measure health by a look. He measures it by what's going on in my body, not the look of my body. Let me give you a definition for the word overweight. Okay, so if, if you kind of want to know this end of the spectrum, what, what is overweight? Here's my simple definition for the term overweight. It's simply carrying more weight than my shape was divinely created to carry. That's it. So it is. Second important word, beginning of verse eight, is the word then. 
So God tells us that he took the dirt from the ground, breathed, he formed it, and he breathed into the nostrils of man and therefore gave him life. Then God fashioned Eden, the garden, from dirt and put man, formed dirt, into the garden of dirt to tend it. Here's another way to say it. The first garden God gave to me was my body. The second garden was my calling. And tending the second garden is difficult at best and impossible at worst when I don't first tend to the first garden God gave me. Here's another way to say it. When I get outside of my range on either side, I don't have the energy to do what God is asking me to do. It's harder. I can't do it. And if I try to do it, it's definitely not as easy to pull off. Please hear my heart. I'm not trying to come to you and say, you need to cut a few pounds. I don't know. You've been living with your shape far longer than I've known you. But that's a conversation between you and God. What's the range? I have a, a competitive personality. And when I go through seasons where, you know, one of the reasons I work out is just for emotional reasons, even more than physical. We're going to talk about that next week. God designed the human brain to experience certain chemical reactions as a result of working out. And we're going to talk about it next week. But sometimes my competitive personality, I just keep going and going. And my wife will say, hey, babe, the goal for your body isn't to be a stick figure. Don't just keep seeing how much you can cut. Healthy isn't always cutting weight. Sometimes it's adding weight in the form of muscle. It's a divine exchange of fat for muscle. That's what exercise does. The human body is the first garden, in my opinion, that God gave you to steward. And then he gave you your calling. Now, if I haven't gotten you with the first four points, I'm just going to bring the heavy heat with point number five to try and help you understand why you should steward your physical body. Point number five, because your human body does not belong to you. If you're a believer in Jesus, your body does not belong to you. First Corinthians 6, 19. Preston, you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So in response, Preston, because you've been purchased with the highest price ever, the blood of Jesus, not 188 billion in gold, because you've been bought with a high price, the blood of Jesus, therefore, Preston, so you must honor God with your body. Question, how do you know if you're healthy physically? How do you know if you're unhealthy physically? I, I think there's an answer to the question, how do I know? I know I'm unhealthy physically when I do whatever I want with and or to my body the majority of the time. talked about this a couple months ago. Boundaries. Who sets your boundaries as it relates to food? I'm not suggesting that before you put a fork or spoon to your mouth that you always ask God, God, should I eat this? What I'm saying is, who sets the line of how much homemade vanilla bluebell ice cream is too much? Who sets the line how too little exercise is too little. I know I'm physically unhealthy if I'm the one setting all of the physical boundaries in my life. And typically, I'm a lot healthier when God is the one setting the boundaries. I've been talking to you about this for years. God created you to run on certain things every seven days. You didn't create you. You, you don't always know what you need to run on. 
it wasn't until the Lord helped me understand he wired me to need to work out three or four times a week, minimum. I'm better for him. I'm better for my wife. I'm better for my kids. I'm better for you. I'm better for the kingdom because God made my body to run that way. Who sets your boundaries? And what does that even mean? Romans chapter 12, verse one tells us, and so dear brothers and sisters, speaking to believers, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Part of stewarding my physical body involves sacrifice. That's the way God made it to work. Here's the great news, that one of the ways we worship God is stewarding our human bodies as a daily living sacrifice for the one who made them. This whole message can really be summed up with one one-liner and one question following it. I hope you catch this burden. In the kingdom of God, the goal of physical health is not to be sexy. It's to be ready. Therefore, here is my question to you. Are you caring for your body in a way that will make it most able at any time to do whatever God calls you to. This journey is gonna take more energy than you've had in some time, maybe even ever. And my heart, and I believe God's heart, is that in this area of your life, you are more prepared than ever before to run this next lap. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He said, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I don't want you to, to hear that verse as though it were just for preachers. That verse is for everyone running the race. And here's what he's saying. He's speaking to a group of people in Corinth who understood Olympic athletes. And he's saying, we all know that if an Olympic athlete enters a race and they're unprepared, they will be disqualified. You go run the Boston Marathon, if you don't keep a certain pace, they remove you from the race for your own good. This is what Paul is saying. This race is a matter of life and death. And for far too long, the bride of Christ, the church, has looked at the human body as though it were a curse, something we shouldn't talk about, rather than something we should always celebrate because if we celebrate it, we will be more inclined to steward that which we celebrate. One of the most important resources God gave you to steward on this earth is your physical body. And I love you so much, even if you're frustrated with me, that I, I preached this message this weekend. I love you so much and I believe so much in your calling I wanna see you dominate this next lap. And I just know for me, when I'm unhealthy physically, I'm not a very good runner. This race is not for cheap little earthly prizes. This race is for eternal riches. And I believe our church is going to mop up in this next season on the earth. And one of the reasons it's because we are stewarding 
the temple of the Holy Spirit better than ever. And I believe when we do, God will give our church a new anointing in his house and beyond. Would you stand with me? I want to do something before we wrap up, because I know when we talk about physical health, that some of us are presently experiencing sickness, disease, limitations. And before we leave worshiping together as a family, I think it would be really great. We've done this in the other services. I think it would be a really great thing if we just took a moment to pray for anyone who would say, I need a physical healing in my body. I have a lot of things that I say uh, are my favorite things about God. One of my favorite things about God is he was the one that went on record in Exodus and said, I am the Lord your God, the Lord your healer. I didn't say that about him. He said that about himself. I'm the healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I just want to very, very uh, simply say, if you're here in the physical area of your life, in your human body, you would say, I need a touch from God. I, I need a physical healing in my body. Would you just put your hand up? Just put it up high. Just hold it up for a second. Anybody else? Just hold it up high. Nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing. I love it when we call on the name of the Lord. Anybody else? Put your hand up. Okay. If your hand isn't up, I want you to look around and I want you to find someone whose hand is up right now. Keep your hand up if you have it up. Okay. And if you're close to them, I want you to just reach out towards them. Put your hand on their shoulder and we're going to take a moment and pray over them. Okay. If you can't reach them, just extend your arm towards someone whose hand was up. Okay, and just let's take a moment and let's pray over them. We're going to run this next lap together. So let's pray divine healing for every person. If you're online, I'm going to pray for you. God, we thank you that you're the one who said, I am the healer, capital H. And God, you, you use many different ways to heal us. But there are times when you supernaturally heal us because you are a supernatural healer. So God, I pray for everyone watching online who would say, I need a physical healing in my body. God, would you touch them right now? Would you put your hand, would you reach supernaturally inside of them, those online and those in this room? You fashioned their bodies in their mother's womb just the way you wanted them. Would you put your hand on whatever place, Lord, that is sick, infirm, not running as well as it needs to for this next lap. Spirit of the living God, would you touch every human body in this place? God, just as several cut a hole in a roof and took a sick man and said, Jesus can heal this. God, we're doing that by praying over our brothers and sisters right now. This is not beyond the scope of God's power. I don't need to yell, I don't need to scream. Scripture says we just need to bring our petitions before the Lord. God, would you touch them? Heal their bodies. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You can go back to your seat. Still everyone standing. Don't sit down. Sorry. We're going to be dismissed. Let me invite our altar ministry team to come. And while they're coming, I want to do one more thing. And after I'm done praying, you'll be formally dismissed. If you need prayer for anything at all, come pray with somebody up here at the altar, whether it's about the message or something totally different. We love to pray. Where two or more are gathered, there he is in their midst. If you have a prayer need, come pray with somebody. If we haven't met, we'd love to meet you after the service out in the lobby. I want you just to bow your heads and close your eyes and, and I wanna end our time together by asking if you're here and you'd say, I'm hitting a ceiling in this area of my life. I've tried various things and I just don't feel like I've ever been able 
to get physically healthy the way I want and need to do. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need a breakthrough in this area of your life, nobody looking around, would you just put your hand up? Just put it up high. I need a breakthrough. You're not acknowledging that something's wrong with you or that you're weak. What you're saying is, this next lap of my life, I know I'm going to need more energy than ever before, and I want to break through this ceiling in this area of my life. Just put your hand up high before the Lord. I'm going to pray over you, and we'll be dismissed. God, thank you for every single person who has their hand up. God, they are so serious before you saying, I want to run this next lap well, and I don't want my physical health to get in my way. Spirit of the living God, I pray you'd give them divine strategies for new measures and levels of health, the likes of which they've never experienced before. I pray health over their children's children's children. I pray for a breakthrough. And I break and sever every word, curse, and spell spoken over them in Jesus' name. Curses like your body's always going to feel that way. Curses like you're never going to experience that kind of health. In Jesus' name, I break and sever every word, curse, or spell spoken over them. And I speak life, abundant life, an anointing in this area of life that they've never known before. Holy Spirit, would you show them the habits that need to be formed? And would you show them the old habits that need to die? Do whatever needs to be done, Holy Spirit, to help them become more physically healthy than ever before. And Lord, I pray they would take that weapon of physical health and they would wield it like a sword against their enemy all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.